Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot lately about um, cults. Oh, were you thinking about me and the cult I used to be in? Yes. Oh, I was in a cult? Yes. Did I know it? Yes. Well, I don't know if you knew it. That's the thing. Well, that's kind of creepy. Well, that's kind of like the joke. I was in a cult and maybe I wasn't, maybe I was. But hey, you know, I think we're all in cults if you think about it. Wait, what? We're all in cults? We need to cult. <laughs> you can't just say we need to cult. <laughs> Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, I'm doing well. How about you, Meter? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much. And we have with us here today, special guest friend of the show. She's been on before and she came back. Kirsten, how's it going today, Kirsten? Good, you? I'm super excited uh, about this. This is going to be a fun topic. It definitely will. Cults are always a fun topic. We talked about we talked about cults once with uh, the We Are the Worst Girls, um, Drea and Maggie, and now we have Kirsten on to talk about them again because both Kirsten and Pevin have been in cults. <laughs> well, that was a joke, Steve. I haven't actually been in a cult. Yeah, you have. You just uh, didn't know it. That church you were in was a cult. Okay. Okay. Or well, at least we'll that's what my parents that. told me when I asked them if I could come to the Super Bowl with you. And they're like, oh, with that cult? Yes. <laughs> Did that really happen? Did they ask? Did they say that? Yeah, because they're like, oh, what church does he go to? And I told them, and they're like, oh, that's a cult. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but okay, but can I go? And they're like, I guess Jesus is involved, so go for it. Now I'm interested. I don't know if Jesus was involved in the cult that I visited. <laughs> I, I still, even when I like tell the story to this day, I can't really decipher exactly what the heck happened. Wait, just, you, you joined a cult, Kirsten? It was just, it, I visited one for one day, not even a day, for like 10 minutes before I was like, terrified confused and ran out with my best friend because it was literally it was nothing like i had ever seen before okay i thought it was a regular church how did you get there like like what, what's the backstory behind this okay uh, so all right so um I'll, I'll literally start from like the beginning of how we'll start from birth we were we even <laughs> got there <laughs> how we even got there um so I have this friend named Tori, and this is when uh, I was 17 and she was 16. We went to Barnes & Noble, and we were just, like, reading books in the chairs, and this woman comes up to us, like, out of nowhere. Um, she must have been about 40. Um, I mean, I'd say she – I wouldn't want to say, like, old-fashioned style dressing, but, like – kind of like a modernized version of it it was normal enough to pass but she and like keep in mind my uh, friend tori her father had passed away uh due to diabetes like two or three weeks before we were at this bookstore reading books 
So this woman comes up to us and she starts talking about how like Tori's father like you know misses her and like hope she's doing well and like everything's gonna be okay even though he had passed so we were just like i looked at her and she was like gave me this face she was like i have no fucking idea who this woman is <laughs> like i just i've never seen her before in my life and then she turns to me and like i was just having my own personal like issues at that time uh between like a family and a boyfriend and this woman was like you know it's okay like like turning to me like it's okay um like you'll make it through you know your family issues and like you will find love someday i was like this is way too like close to home for a complete stranger to know what the hell is going on but when i was 17 it never really occurred to me like what if somebody paid this woman to spy on us to like recruit us for a potential cult so was the information seeming so specific that it seemed like it was like pertinent to you or was yeah it like more it seems like, like cold reading thing no it seemed like just like, it was just so spiritually out of there that I almost, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, 17, naive, was still, like, technically Christian at the time. I thought to myself, like, okay, maybe she actually picked up, like, on this energy and, like, truly knew, like, our most recent issues without mm -hmm. actually knowing us at all. Right, it was right. just super weird. But, um... After she say, had, what? When you yeah? say technically Christian, you mean like you were like Christian in name, but not in like practice? Well, my family is Roman Catholic. So when I was a kid, I went to like CCD and, you know, did the Catholic practice. But then my parents like never really went to church after I was about eight. Mm -hmm. So then I became a lot more mellow with religion and then as i got through college i went from like agnostic over to atheist but that's mm -hmm. obviously my personal choice i would never push that on anyone else it's just how i have evolved over time mm -hmm. um but i considered myself christian back then just because a lot of my friends were christian and i would like occasionally like maybe once every two months go to like a church event with them like not even like the actual church part but like some sort of charity event it sounds like cold reading. Yeah. To me, that's what it sounds like, too. So, like, cold reading is this thing where you can give vague details. And if you're good at it, you have the other person filling the details, but they don't realize they're doing it. So, like, a lot of these uh, people who will do ghost readings or uh, spiritual, like, uh, like, communications, they'll use cold reading. And they essentially give you the impression that they're summoning the dead or talking to somebody or... They know more about you, but they actually don't. Mm. Yeah, like Mark. Edward I mean, that's and all of them. yeah, that's totally fair. But at seventeen, mm -hmm. who was like spiritually open to the unknown, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, at all. Yeah, it's one thing with like magic tricks, and you know, a lot of magicians will use cold reading too, because essentially the trick's done after the conversation, because like you recall it, and then you don't even call the parts that you wanted or that how you remember it but you don't remember it right so then you create like an absolutely like fantastic thing that happened that actually maybe didn't happen like there's no way they could have known all these details but actually if you look at the video you actually told them those details i but, wish i knew the answer to that like i wish i knew how the hell she 
did such a good cold rating. Not even so much on me, because I feel like what I was going through was much more relatable to most people, but mm-hmm. to just be like, like going to my friend and talking about her dead dad was just yeah, yeah. kind of fucking weird to me. That's yeah. kind of what sold me on it. I mean, um, yeah, a, a lot of times it's like, um, I, I'm, I'm hearing from an older man. Does that mean anything to you? And just like, and then someone would be like, oh my God, my dad died recently. And now they like they didn't have to say shit. You see a a young girl, and you just say an older man. That's usually a pretty safe bet. So cold readers who are really good at it can make like can make things seem super super real. But that's interesting to use it as a technique to, um, to to recruit people into a church. I hadn't heard of that before. So that's fascinating. And clearly, it worked. Yeah. Well, this woman didn't say like an older man is like reaching out to me while looking at Tori. She um, literally said like your father misses you. So it was Mm. for her. It was highly specific. So I don't know if maybe she was just like following people around the bookstore and maybe Tori and I like briefly mentioned it or something just because it was so recent. But yeah, I mean, we were there for like an hour before she talked to us. So like. She would have had to be there for like a long time if we even ever did mention that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, I wasn't full nerd in high school, but I would go to I would go to the bookstore and I would read like interior design books, and Tori would read animes, which you love so much, so it works out. For the record, Kirsten, that's yeah. full nerd. <sighs> that that's full oh. nerd. Okay. <laughs> I would go to the bookstore to read interior design books. Is full nerd. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit nerdier than like manga or anime. <laughs> so, so what happened at this church that made you guys run out and realize it was what made you realize it was a cult, and then what made you actually like get out of there? Okay, so for the first, like, I'll just I'll backtrack just a teeny bit. So basically, the woman gives us this little brochure like pamphlet thing about their church and it looks like a sort of christian church at least in the pamphlet so i'm like okay like this kind of makes sense to me like it was weird how she mentioned your father immediately like maybe we should just go and like check it out and see what happens and we did, and you of all places, it's like somewhere over in Amesbury, Mass. Like it's not far from us, but mm-hmm. I remember driving over in that direction, and going off like maybe three or four back roads, and there's just this like one building with a decent sized parking lot, and um. They have, like, a lot of people that go there. Like, when we went in, there must have been about 250 people attending this church. That's good. But we went inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was just... How did these people look? Were they, like, uh, did they seem like normal people? Or were they looking a little bit sketchy? Like, how would you describe them? They seemed overly cheery. Uh Like, just, like, overly happy. Um, I mean, I guess if you had to kind of clone that woman who saw us and then like also make men in like the same sort of like you know fashionable or i don't know unfashionable style i don't Mm -hmm. even know what to like consider it um modern-esque 
Mm-hmm. Modern-esque, old-fashioned clothing, overly cheery. Almost like going like 30 years back into the past for clothing. Right, right. And then nobody there was below the age of 35 at the time that we were, you know, 16 and 17. Are you sure they weren't ghosts? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was like a blast from the past. Like, Did you visit a ghost, ghost cult? <laughs> Maybe. Which I say only so that we can use that in the tags. <laughs> that is an amazing tag. Ghost cult. It felt ghostly, especially after what they did, like, five minutes into their ceremony. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? This is the part where we ran out. So, like, we sat down uh, in the way back, um, probably farthest away from the door, which, like, wasn't the best idea, I bet, like, at the time. But, you know, you kind of sit where you feel comfortable, and we felt comfortable in the very back right of this uh, space. So the preacher or whatever does his preaching and everyone, you know, is like kind of singing their hymns or whatever. And then they have this weird, like hippie, like transcendental band or something come out to start playing like music with, you mean like regular instruments, but also something similar to like a didgeridoo or whatever and um it just felt like oddly foreign after that because like once it had that weird sound effect going in with like the kind of indie light rock alternative music they were playing everyone started like rotating their hips around in like circles like flailing their arms back and forth like all around them like making i wouldn't say screeching is the word but they would be like screech moaning they were feeling the jams they were yeah it was you know what that's exactly what it was like it was like everything was kind of okay and then suddenly it turned into fucking like what's like burning man like it suddenly turned into burning man <laughs> in the okay. middle of this church so was was the communion way for an acid test <laughs> i don't and know. where do i go to this church <laughs> the name's very it's somewhere in Amesbury. okay but i'll once just they drive around until doing, i like, find ghosts <laughs> run around until you find like a weird three-story like vomit pale light yellow building with a parking lot that could fit like maybe 50 cars in it and then you found the church it's on the third floor the part that has me most confused about this is that it's like the way you described it is like a bunch of like you know not elderly people but a bunch of people who like seem, seem like prim and proper and now they're just jamming out to like some acid music and moving their hips and moaning like that's a it doesn't make any sense either no it did not make sense to me at all like it'd be okay if that was like okay if i went to that situation and there are a bunch of hippies i'd be like okay this is what i expect but that's not there's too much of a clash there Mm. like i mean hey cults are for clashing right so the the hip gyration and ghost whales are what sent you out of the place yes 
That's a fair time to leave. Yeah. Did did anybody chase you? No. Tori oh. and I thought that if we ran out of there at that moment, then we would live. Because okay. they were too, like, involved in their weird screech moaning and, like, there were a couple people that actually like threw their bodies to the floor and started just like rolling around on the floor. Oh, as we Presbyterian. Were okay. You could have just said that. If they're Presbyterian. Really? I oh mean, my God. Is that Presbyterianism? Uh, as far as I know. Yeah. When they have like those, uh, oh, I feel the spirit and then they like convulse on the floor and shit. <gasps> Wait. Okay. Now I have to. Oh, I hear fiercely that. typing in Presbyterian. I, I need to know. I need to know. I, I don't know. I, I think Steve's, <laughs> pulling your chain because i i don't know if they listen to acid music and gyrate their hips while moaning i think that's a different thing if you go to the right church they do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super sketchy from day one all the way through like their their way of getting people in and then uh, i personally am not a, a big fan of like the like i feel the spirit coming over me like that type of that that's just too intense for me i don't really like gatherings of people worshiping at the same time in the first place i would prefer to do that in like a super personal way uh internally with myself versus i don't feel i need to go to a, a big place to do that so that whole idea just kind of puts me off to begin with let alone when things get so intense people are convulsing mm. yeah i wouldn't be too comfortable with that i mean at the same time i've been to like church plenty of times and usually church is just boring if there's anything kind of exciting like that then that's a bad sign like it's like what, what is going on it was super weird and i don't want to like paint them that they were dressed like a modern amish person because they did like have some colors to them but it was still desaturated yeah mm. yeah I, I get creeped out when people are too happy and they're too nice and they'll have this whole like this kind of fake energy to them i mean maybe it's not fake but it's like oh hey how you doing yeah are you ready for the thing it's like already trying to like prepare me to like, i feel like they're trying to like affect my emotion a little too bluntly and I don't right it's like are you trying to make me excited for something like i don't get i don't get excited when i'm like hopping into the unknown <laughs> it's like when it becomes known i'll get happy like do you know what i mean mm -hmm. Have you ever felt weird about, like, jumping into a situation where you have absolutely no idea what's going on? But then if, like, someone else is trying to hype you up about it, you're just like, I'm still not sure, and now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so someone tried to get me on, like, a multi-level marketing scheme, and, yeah. you know, I wasn't being, like, super dismissive or anything, but I was just asking questions, and they kept on getting really annoyed because they were trying to, like, be all this motivational speaker on me. This is, like, the, the one that's called The Life or something like that it's like more of the self-improvement oh. one and he's trying to get like me motivated and all this kind of stuff i'm like well what about this what about that They're like uh i don't i don't know and he's like he wasn't getting me motivated so he's getting he's getting kind of pissed <laughs> maybe if he grabbed you some beer he'd be more motivated <laughs> i feel like anybody would be more motivated with like beer or wine yes i think that's pretty fair Algor yeah. Al that's why you get hammered on christ's blood so you can wine play really just... good. <laughs> wine was so gross when I was a kid. I remember like going to drink the um the blood of Jesus or Mary or whatever in Catholic <laughs> church. Yeah, that's what they call it, okay? I'm just being It was just the way you I'm said being... it. Was... Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a Catholic thing. I remember going thing. to drink the blood of somebody. You know? It's a Catholic thing. <laughs> it's it's normal. <laughs> but in a little crack in a little acid head cracker. <laughs> See, I I think it's normal, but did they call it the blood of Jesus? Because like you know, I've been to church before, and did they say? Or maybe it's the blood of Christ or something. It still sounds weird. Like yes, they they do. And yeah. this really? is my body, and it's the little way Yeah, but yeah. then you get symbolic, but, you know, if you're talking to, like, some random person, okay, I drink the blood of Christ the other night. It was good. Very yeah, I had a whole bottle of it. <laughs> I hated it. It, it was gross. <laughs> it was actual wine, so. It wasn't actual blood. I don't want to make it sound like it was after saying it was gross. They had the strongest, like, reddest wine. And I guess Catholics don't care, because they like gave me a sip of that wine when i was like seven or eight years old my parents told me it was gonna be juice so i went yeah. up and i was like super excited and then i <laughs> sipped it and it was just the most bitter wine and i was like i i quit i quit catholicism <laughs> i'm moving over to christianity <laughs> maybe they'll give me juice I did that once, but they, it was juice. Yeah, like they actually had they had like sparkling cider for the kids, and then they had like wine for the adults. See, that sounds better. The church I went to gave no craps. Gave no craps. Uh, you'll drink the real blood or nothing. Right. <laughs> the one I went to, it was always juice, like for adults, kids, everybody. Excuse, wait, what? It was what? Always juice. Juice juice oh okay that makes a little more sense. <laughs> i don't think jews care about jesus i thought they did no oh there they they think he was like a good guy but he was not like the son of jesus not the son of god oh okay yeah well it's so the whole son of god prophecy that's supposed to be there in the bible may or may not be existent because uh, certain people who are they say followers of judaism they kind of reject the idea there's even a prophecy so the idea that jesus is filling in this gap of a prophecy is kind of like there's just no prophecy to fill in here mm. uh they all split at abraham other people they're like hey yeah jesus was a great you know person kind of like gandhi but you know like he he's not like the messiah so some some Judy some people who are Jewish believe that there's a Messiah that's going to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Muslims reject. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it does all start at Abraham because yeah, I forget what Muslims believe, but something to the fact of I forget. But yeah, it's a whole like different lineage there. Yeah, Muhammad, because it, it's like uh, with Abraham and uh, Ishtar or whatever, and who he had a baby with like has a branch so they like all of the lineage comes down and then at abraham it branches two ways and like That's one right. way is judaism and one way is christianity and muslim uh and then muslim also has a branch in and of itself that goes two ways so it all goes back to abraham and that's why they call all of them abrahamic religions because they all stem from the same place but then they break off based on that very specific did he or did he not like sleep with a maid or like something like that mm -hmm. right and the muslim faith kind of had their jesus is essentially uh, muhammad mm. and kind of the same figure like symbolically but yeah the, they believe that that the jewish people did not 
like the, like they have the different lineage so they're they took the path of is, is it abraham and then they took the path of somebody else i forget how this works exactly but it's a whole like different sort of thing going on there definitely know way more than i do about any of that <laughs> so cult cult says a system of religious uh veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object so i guess what's the difference between a cult and a religion so arguably there's not really a difference between the two except for say acceptability uh i, I don't I, like on a definitional level i would say that's true uh though i think the thing with cults is that they tend to at least colloquially, they tend to be more like you get in them and they're hard to get out. There's a high barrier to exit, but there's a very, very low barrier to entry. Like they, they're not very selective or if they are selective, it's about, you know, getting the right people in who won't, you know, go out. And once you're in, it's going to be kind of a very regimented and kind of, kind of have to drink the Kool-Aid if that's a, no bad thing to say don't drink the kool-aid if you're in a cult <laughs> that has historically been a very bad idea i mean scientology does that right because they're a cult mm -hmm. i've heard so many things about like people trying to get out of scientology and they'll like they'll harass you if you mm. try to leave right yeah. right like physically it, like it gets bad it's, it's kind of one of the things where that's a part in how they succeed i mean they succeed in a couple different ways it's kind of like a little bit of stockholm syndrome because you start to like feel well, well first they get you when you first get indoctrinated into a cult you feel great uh i would assume but you feel great and you feel like the, all this love and energy but then as you're there longer they're kind of mistreating you and it's kind of like an unhealthy relationship like a you know like a this is like like an abusive relationship where one person batters the other but the other person keeps coming back but but you also kind of create like this stigmatism where you keep the person from kind of exiting because there's always implications if they exit, you know, whether they are actual threats or whether they're kind of veiled threats, like, you know, your soul is going to die and perish and, you know, you'll be cursed or something like that, or it's just really hard to get out. Yeah. Scientology is definitely weird because they have like this place that people go and they do laboring and stuff. And that, that's very sketchy. Yeah. Oh, Whenever I like hear or read about those farms or whatever, like the cult farms where people like give up all their technology and all their money just to like live simple lives on these farms. I don't think Scientology does that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they do even something similar, possibly related to technology would just be like super weird for me. Yeah, there's some more modern day religions that are kind of started as cults. Again, I don't think there's like a huge like this delineation there to be honest in, in a lot of ways but like mormonism like that's a religion that kind of started as a cult around uh was it adam smith or was it john smith or i forget, I forget his name but start, start around this one guy and the one guy said that he had these tablets and he read them and they said all this kind of stuff that jesus actually was in america and you know blah 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 and eventually you get this whole thing where this thing kind of formed around them and then you know got come back 100 200 years later and it's still around and now it's more accepted and you know people will say that mormons are really nice that they're really great people which is all true so but initially it was a cult and it kind of still is a cult or it is kind of a bit cultish mm. you know that that's also another faith that's hard to get out of i feel like some people need like guidance in their life in a spiritual way and they need that 
community that comes with religion and and to a bigger degree cults where feeling like you're part of a collective is super important to your identity and like to your your being so i th i feel like culture and and community are huge parts of um of cults and and of religion and that a lot of people really need that in their life and if it's like mormonism like the religion of mormonism you know that's not necessarily a bad thing if it actually does make people better and it gives them not everybody has like a, a real good uh compass inside them to to guide them towards you know right and if it helps people then i don't see a problem with that mm -hmm. what's your thought on that kirsten or kirsten I mean, I guess it's a pretty fair statement. If it makes you feel better about yourself and you're not harming anyone else, especially, then, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to try to make them change their mind if, it was, if it's what keeps them happy. You heard it but... here first. Kirsten's given up on people who are in cults. <laughs> Her words, not mine. Well, hey, it's not me, you know? It's not me mm -hmm. who's, like, getting into... Like, I, you know, I accidentally went to that one cult one time when I was 17, and even at 17, I knew to get the hell out. Mm -hmm. If you have entered something... Because, like, I, literally, I don't see cults differently from religions. Mm -hmm. right so if it if it makes you happy then fine but i personally am going to stay so far away from that would not touch that with a 10-foot pole mm -hmm. would not do it see, see my own thought is that there is a distinction because i think it's fine people can do what they do whatever makes them happy but at the same time, you have to take the kind of uh, health of the person into view. You know, ultimately, you know, they're capable of making their own decisions. And so long as it's a free choice that they're making, that's fine. But, you know, in the same way that it, it's it's okay if people have like a drink once a night or, you know, they, they drink every once in a while. If the person's uh, drinking, say, like eight beers a night or they're getting drunk every night, you know, that, that's, a, that's a problem. So there's something that you could have, which, you know, maybe brings some meaning or some entertainment or some value to your life. But that thing has to be done in a healthy way for me to consider it, they say, good. You know, in the same way that someone who injects heroin, you know, on a regular basis, you know, and they get super high and it's non-functional. That, that's not a good thing. You know, if they're able to control that and kind of just kind of dip into it, then that's fine. But, you know, if it gets too bad in, in the case of, say, like a cult or say, say, a, say bad religion, if it gets to the point where that person's afraid of leaving or they feel like they can't not go there because of uh you know consequences wherever those consequences might be then that i think is bad and unhealthy so th that that's kind of the sliding scale i have oh now what part well, of I mean, Jesus that, that... is heroin from <laughs> if his blood is liquor and his body is stale crackers uh the the heroin comes from the balls oh, oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and cocaine's dandruff. Got it. I will, I will just bring up, you know, one last thing, the part where I said that as long as you're, like, not 
causing harm to someone else. That doesn't just go for like the person, you know, like the theoretical person we're talking about who just joined a cult. It's also like all of the other members of the cult, like just to not do harm onto others. Mm-hmm. So I can see where like if a that theoretical individual joined the cult and they're like happy and then suddenly it turns bad, then that's when that individual has to be like, okay, they're harming me. I need to do anything and everything I can to get out of here. And I'm pretty sure there's like, there's gotta be like organizations that help with like, you know, keeping you safe like that Cult from gone. something that's like from a cult that's like terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, my family's like, like very family oriented. So if, I don't know, if, if like, I'd like to think that most families, if they're reached out to, um, like a family member who had accidentally joined a cult and like asked for help, they would, you know, extend a helping hand to their family member, get them out. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to call? Cult busters. <laughs> I think a lot of times like where you get into dire situations are a lot of people get into these cults or kind of a different, say, things that affect you like that. They probably didn't have a very good family life. And part of what the cult brings them is that you know family that never had. And Actually, yeah, I didn't even think of that part. So, so, it's true. So when the family member cries to say, "Hey, you're joining the cult. This is not a good thing. You need to get out of this." Like that family member doesn't have credibility with them because they never were a family member. They don't have like that that same impetus that you know all of a sudden their new family has. Hmm. I do. I do want to be a little bit more clear because I think that my my point was a little perverse, where I'm not saying that a if a that like I wasn't saying that a cult. Or, or religion can make somebody happy so it's o- so it's okay. I was more along the lines of it makes them a better person, uh-huh. um, which is which is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and my the point was not based around happiness because you could killing people can make you happy, but I don't think that's a good like you should do whatever you want <laughs> as long as it makes people makes you happy. It, it's if it makes you a better person. And some people need that in order to make them a better person in order to understand, like, I don't have this internal, I'm a sociopath. I don't have an internal, like, gauge of what's right and wrong. So actually religion can guide them in the right path. True, true. And I agree with your point as well, because I also don't see really like a distinction between religion, cults, and say philosophy. I mean, you could say that it's more rationalistic with philosophy or it's kind of got a wider overarching system that's supposed to be non-contradictory and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like I'm a particular of like stoic ideas and also certain ideas in like, say, Western, sorry, Eastern religions, like uh, Buddhism and stuff. So I think there's a lot of value to be gained there. And I didn't make it myself. And it it kind of provides a structure already there for you to help you understand and navigate the world. And I think that's true of, say, religions and cults and, you know, other, say, forms. And it's, it's true of philosophy and, you know, just your own things you learn in life or maybe the cultures you go to, like like punk rock culture, for instance. Like, that has its own kind of a dynamic where people feel like they're safe in it. They know how to communicate with each other within that system. And it provides cer- certain, say, things to them, maybe a philosophy of life, maybe a certain kind of way to view the world. 
and that is helpful to them. So I, I agree with you. There's not really a real distinction with there. And yeah, the, the question is whether the thing is helpful to them and probably society in general, because let's say the cult, the culture of that thing is like destroying property and like, I don't know, uh, peeing on sidewalks. That's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless it's in front of a Planned Parenthood, then it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, my religion told me to say that. Oh, okay. Meterism? Yes. It's, are you a meterist too? I, I don't know. Do all, you want us to be? <laughs> I think we all are deep down. You just don't have a word for it yet. Here, let me give you the words. I joined back in 2009 when you started it. <laughs> yeah. Those are, the, those are the good old days. So... This this has definitely been super interesting that you guys are both members of cults. And I wanted to hear about Nathan's cult stories. Well, and just he, like cult he experience. Didn't, he didn't know he was in a cult. <laughs> it just was church to him. So th this is a little bit interesting because I only came to understand some of this like later on. And I can't say it was so the whole like cult implications not really there with that individual organization so there's a church i used to go to and with that church uh it was kind of like a subsidiary church so that was like the main church back somewhere and then this is kind of like mm -hmm. a uh like like an organization that was set up by that because they would do all this outreach and th this overall organization had like its roots everywhere like in africa and baltimore and all these different places like they're they're big oh pretty okay. much the whole world africa and baltimore <laughs> And so, Africa, Maryland, of course. <laughs> what I ended up learning is that the the main guy that kind of started it all, like he was a big deal in this kind of circle, and people kind of started seeing him like a, a religious figure, and they started looking up to him a little too much. Mm. And part part of it's partially because I don't know, like like all these other subsidiary churches owed their everything to this guy but it's also a bit of a cult of personality kind of coming around this guy and it's something interesting because i remember like hearing some of the sermons and lectures or whatever back then and like his name got brought up a lot it was like steven something like like he'd be talked about quite a bit but not like in a way where it's like uh <laughs> meterism started before you even knew Steve is actually a time traveler. <laughs> this is the newest religion. Mm -hmm. Meter and time travelism. And in some ways, the oldest religion. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> We're in the presence of a god, Nathan. <laughs> blowing minds. Uh-oh. <laughs> a god who just barely managed to figure out his green screen. <laughs> Ow. Ouch. Listen, it That's looks great, thing. and I'm cheating to the camera a little bit so that this little, this whole thing is there. It's this is a really good situation right now. <laughs> I usually have people who do this for me, so. So I don't think it was really a cult, but there definitely was a cult of personality, and we never really saw. So the main church was in Baltimore, and we never really saw those like like that aspect very much. I think it's more of a thing like back when the church was bigger. Or like when the subsidiary mm. church was bigger, but 
it's like it was a kind of a so i never saw that much of that myself but apparently it was a big bigger thing back then i guess one interesting thing was that uh you know granted that this church had like a huge huge outreach uh there would be these groups coming in that would be very uh different than the base church so like the base church is more standard i think is the way to put it it's not like queen cut or anything but it's kind of just like what do you expect to see if you go to a church whereas some sometimes they do these big congregations where other churches would come in and then they would be doing like way different things like people speaking in tongues people Uh-oh. like uh you know passing and healing is happening and i guess it got to the point where eventually like i, I don't I think this is after the leader died to be honest uh but they just kind of put a stop to it like okay we're not kind of accepting this kind of stuff in here this doesn't this is not a real thing because i guess a lot of people that were there they didn't really believe in that stuff so it's kind of seeing it there when they brought them in was just kind of like this is confusing it's almost like a marketing campaign but for religion you're like does this campaign work will people believe this no okay (laughs) we uh we we scratch it off the list that's my way of thinking of it (laughs) it's like it's like your preacher or whatever had an opportunity for like a b testing like what do we bring in that's new to <laughs> our church convulsions do we, Put yeah, it on the board. <laughs> convulsions or like cookies and milk and he went with conversions and he should have gone with cookies and milk <laughs> like... well, you're your life. <laughs> okay so i'm pitching this meterism is gonna have a resurgence Meter, you're going to be the figurehead, and Kirsten, you're going to be the marketing director. Okay. Yes. And we'll come up with some A-B testings. We'll do all the A-B testings. We'll start with cookies and milk, and then (laughs) there will be a couple steps, and then... And then we'll, you know, just offer full, full transcendentalism, where we offer them to become aliens. Yes. Oh, aliens? Yes. Oh man, this is a good yeah. idea. I did, I did, admittedly, pull that from a uh, another cult that I had heard about, where something like they were surprisingly successful, and they got like, um, I think they got some of their members to kill themselves because they mm-hmm. believed, because the cult preacher said that if they did that, they could transport their soul into an immortal like alien-esque body that's just like like human-ish but i guess taller and more powerful (laughs) (laughs) you'll be taller if you kill yourself you'll be nine you'll be a nine foot avatar alien and you'll have the power to lift like heavy objects objects that are like 20 times heavier than you you just have to kill yourself first <laughs> i feel like if 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 you're a cult leader or a, a head in the in the cult and why would you want to take your most like devout hardcore believing people who will literally do anything you say and kill them like, are those not the people that you want around because they are, like, the showing everybody, like, they are so believing that it's it makes it easier for everybody else? 
True, but at the same time, doesn't it prove that you are so believing that you'd be willing to kill yourself to become a nine-foot-tall alien? Yeah, but you're you're ruining like you're you're taking away from your your power in the first place. You're exercising your power, but you're also taking away from it. That's fair. So, with this cult in particular, the leaders killed themselves as well. So everyone in the cult, except for two people, killed themselves. The only two people that were designated to stay alive were uh, two of the like IT people or something like that, and they essentially maintained the website after they died. <laughs> That's so everyone knew what happened. That's good marketing, right there. <laughs> Got to keep the SEO going, right? <laughs> Got to keep that IT. Got to keep the website up and running. Gotta kind of do your A/B testing campaigns on Google. What keywords do we target? It's part of the thing, though, that's kind of scary about cults and kind of those kind of things. Because people who, like, you think the leaders are just, this is the issue with like, a lot of, like, modern TV, is that you kind of see these plots where the person who is, say, leading a cult or kind of has, like, a bad organization, you always kind of see them as evil or just kind of being this manipulative thing that actually doesn't believe what they believe or what they're saying, right? And a lot of times it's more mixed than that. Like in the case of that, uh, that those people who killed themselves, like those leaders actually believed what they were saying. In the case of uh, L. Ron Hubbard, who is the uh, founder of Scientology, he was a science fiction writer and he actually made a book about how to make a cult and everything. And then obviously that's what he did. But then there's a lot of evidence from people who knew him that he actually started to believe his own kind of stuff, right? And, you know, he started having these suspicions and kind of these feelings that, like, his feet and actually weren't just, you know, in line or I forget what it is exactly with that. But he actually kind of believing the thing that he created just to make money, essentially. So he started drinking the Kool-Aid on that. Uh, bad metaphor. But you also see the same thing with a lot of, like, a religious figures who do these healings and stuff because they they start to do these healings and maybe they don't believe it at first but then you know after a certain couple of times they have success and they're like oh hey i can actually do this and there's actually a really interesting story about that with uh, a guy named darren brown darren brown is this mentalist magician dude and he's more like a mentalist he, he kind of does mind reading and kind of like tricks the mind and stuff but he had this live show where he was doing like a faith healing. Like he would tell people, okay, I'm going to do a faith healing. This is all bullshit. I don't believe any of this, but you know, I'm still going to do it just to show the uh, power of the human mind. And he kind of thought it would be a little bit interesting, but he didn't expect the results he got because he would do these things. And then people, you know, would say, oh yeah, I feel better and stuff. And you know, a lot of times that's just effective and dreadful and everything. But then I guess like he started getting these emails where people would say, you know, you healed my arm at the show. I know this is all real, but my arm doesn't hurt anymore. Like, like, I, I don't know what you did, but you healed me. And the, the issue is that when Darren heard this, you know, he, he knows like there's some sort of weird placebo effect going on there. You know, something weird psychologically that's, you know, he doesn't have these special powers, but he started getting this idea in the back of his mind. Like maybe I could help people if I are actually the you know do my own healing thing maybe if i were to actually do this for real maybe i could help people and you know he started actually believing in his own hype that he could actually heal people a little bit and he had to back away from that because it was getting kind of dangerous mm. and house it's not gonna work for that. everyone well i house did an episode on that where a guy did like faith healing and stuff and 
they ended up leaving it like wishy-washy at the end but the it was house's argument was that you're taking people who need medication and are putting their faith in this faith healing and now they're going taking not taking their meds anymore because they think they're healed but when the adrenaline and the placebo wears off then now they're behind on their meds and they could die so like even if there is something like mentally that fixes some people and that's all they need is like a mental fix there are other people who are going mm -hmm. to follow that and then end up being really really hurt because of it so you're doing you end up doing as much if not more damage than you do healing it it's it's true and also one thing to follow up with this is there's a model that is uh very prevalent now or getting more and more prevalent in the medical community called the psychosocial model and essentially the idea is that a lot of pain that people feel isn't actually pain it's rather the interpretation of pain so let's say that you have the sensation happening in your back and it might just be like an ambiguous sensation that's happening you know because your nerves are just kind of acting up acting a little bit weird so that that sensation is not actually anything in particular, but if you take that and put a perception of pain onto that, you're going to perceive that sensation as pain, and that pain is actually going to cause you legitimate pain. Mm -hmm. So with the psychosocial model, you know, a lot of doctors now are trying to not even indicate that what you're experiencing is pain because that can kind of create the sensation of pain. You know, if you say that th your back is you know hurting you know, then in the pain, there's all blah, 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 <laughs> you know, they're going to start leaving it, and that kind of informs their perception whereas you kind of like take a more neutral point of view and try to treat the social and psychological aspect of it then you can actually disambiguate the sensation between you know, from from the pain aspect and you can actually treat it that way which is i guess been pretty well they've done similar things with like uh showing somebody a hot iron and then blindfolding them or going walking behind them with like uh like ice and touching their back mm -hmm. with ice and they like scream in pain and think they're being burned by this hot iron that they just saw because they think that's what it is but the sensations are very close the very hot and very cold so they're just putting that pain there even though there's no pain it's just cold i want to know hmm. what situation right. you were in where you're able to get somebody to be blindfolded while you hold a hot iron in your hand and you're are like up. hey we're gonna test something we're not on the same forums. <laughs> this is your initiation. <laughs> uh, something, 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 Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so, Meter, your cult's going to include irons, blindfolds, and whips? Is that right? No, but you'll think you're being whipped. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I'm terrified yet intrigued. <laughs> that's where we are now. And that is, the, that's the meter effect. <laughs> so Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us on this cult episode. Tell us about your cult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to own a cult, Steve. <laughs> what do you, um, you don't own a cult, you lead one. What do you? What it's tell a me, religion? What do you want to? What do you want to plug? What? Where, where do you want people to find you? Oh God, there's too many. There's too many places to find me. Um, I think I'll just do uh, the NH Web Designs website for now. Yep. Um. And should I use my personal email? 
No, you can just check me out on my website, and then you can like reach out to me on my NH Communities Facebook page. So. Okay. Uh, let's see. Generate a new link. Copy. So I will also put those links in with the um, guest link section in our uh, Discord, and I just put that in. I put the Discord link in the chat for the live stream, and we'll put it um, other places too. So definitely check out uh, NH Communities and uh, see what that's all about. Cause that is that one's amazing, um, and actually, it, it it's you post a lot of really really cool things there and a lot of really fun stuff. I've learned about some stuff in New Hampshire that I I had no idea about. Yeah. It was easier last year when we didn't have a pandemic. That's really fair. Uh, and yeah. then did you also, uh, you mentioned New Hampshire web design. Is mm -hmm. that the one that's what you plugged? Okay. Awesome. So I'll put that one in there as well. Um, yeah. and as far as like SEO skills go, I don't, I don't know anyone else with your, uh, expertise, knowledge level and ability to actually like implement and you have, you've proven results. So highly highly suggested on that and as well i've worked with you personally on uh, on a lot of that stuff and you're very very good at what you do and your company is gonna have a nice little drone video it will, this will just boost your seo even further it's gonna be amazing I'm mel really, really loves it he mel loves it yeah he's excited about that yeah. you need to figure out a day to uh do their interview for you guys we'll make it happen in the meantime uh, we'll uh, we'll switch over topics, uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey Nathan. Yo. Do you think that you were in a cult? Was it a, was it a cult? Uh, I don't think so personally, to be honest. But you know, it's it's whatever you make of it. Do you think people in cults think they're in a cult? Uh, I think sometimes, like, I, I think there's probably that realization that, like, they're like, I think I'm in a cult. Okay. If you were to I start a, out of it now, if you were to start a cult, what cult would you, would you do? And why would it be around Dito Angel? Oh, well, because she is incredible. She's just amazing. I mean, the, the shape of her hair is just incredible as it flows in the wind. The shape of her hair? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when the hair flows in the wind, there's like a shape to it. Nate, shape. we need to talk. <laughs>